When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson, but also joined by special guest, All Steelers Film Breakdown, All Steelers Deep Dive Analyst, the film guru himself, my man, Nick Martin. It is a beautiful day in the Berg. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. Matt Canada, Kenny Pickett, Las Vegas Raiders, all on the docket today, plus more. Like I just said, it's crisp. It's football weather. It's a great day. Nick, since you're the special guest, I'm going I'm to start with you. How are you feeling, my friend? I'm feeling better now that I don't have to look at the film anymore <laughs> today from last week. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good place to be. Nick dove, uh, dove into everything. If you haven't found that, that's on allsteelers.com. And uh, we're going to dive into a lot of it. Very excited about uh, Kenny Pickett's yips, I guess we should say, and Matt Canada's issues with the play calls, plus more. Steven, how are you feeling, my friend? It's a nice hat. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is Chris's present from a cousin, I believe. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a new hat, new, uh, new week trying to, you know, in- inject some new juju into, into our world and to the Steelers and to Pitt and to everyone. Um, but I feel good. It's nice to have Nick back. We got a, we got a crowded room today, but it it's awesome. I'm, I'm really excited for for this episode. It is, uh, it is very nice to have Nick back. It's been a minute. It's been, uh, for those of you who weren't around for the senior bowl, you should go check that out because we have great podcasts every single day as we crammed into an Airbnb, ate so much fast food that my body started rejecting fast food. And Nick took about 15 hours to get home and back. So it was a it was a grind. It was a good time. Nick, let's start with you. Matt Canada yesterday answered in possibly the worst way possible about how the Pittsburgh Steelers could fix their offense when asked. About the booze, he ignored the the fire Canada chance. He acknowledged it, said that, you know, it is what it is. He's proud of his team. I thought it was just a world class deflection of, hey, did you hear everybody chanting to fire you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm real confident in the guys. Yeah, so are the fans. They weren't they they were not yelling at the guys. Nobody was booing the guys. They were booing you. Obviously, he uh, the the team as a whole, world class deflections, absolutely killing it. Then he was asked, how do you fix it? And his answer was very simple. Long quote. I'll break it all down for you. Quote, a lot of things. We've got to be more consistent. We've got to be better. Every facet of our game could be a little bit better. There's no magical answer to this. I don't believe other than I'm very proud and excited about where our players are with it. 
There's nobody pointing fingers except for the fans. There's nobody throwing in the towel. We are one and one. We're fortunate to be there. Great job by all our components, but we won a game against a really good team. It's much easier to do that when you win a game. We're going to just keep fighting until we get the way we had it in the summer, the way we had it in camp. We've got to get ourselves back to that. It's a challenge for all of us, and we're working really hard to find what that is. I don't have an answer for you. Mike Tomlin said that they got to find the mojo. Matt Canada was asked, how do you find the mojo? Matt Canada's response, I have no idea how to find the mojo. You dove into the tape, okay? What are your thoughts on Matt Canada's comments? What are your thoughts on how the Pittsburgh Steelers could find their mojo? That first comment from Canada <laughs> where he deflects towards the players kind of reminds me of the Garfield meme where when he looks at himself, he's like, huh, I wonder who that's for. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, it, it's not pretty from the Steelers. I mean, it's not just the play calling. It's also the execution. There's a lot of missed blocks. Like there was an instance where they were picket drop back to pass and the protection slid to the right. And he ends up having unblocked pressure come from the B gap from, from Isaac Somali's side because he was sliding over and then Jalen Warren's going out for a pass. So he has to deal with the free runner. It's stuff like that that just should not be happening with the execution on this team. And then you look at the play calling, and what I'm seeing in particular from Matt Canada in that regard is the intermediate section of the field. He's not making it, he's not giving clear answers for Kenny Pickett in regards to how he splits up the concepts um, field to field. So one side of the field, he could have like just mirrored concepts all around. Like, he ran triple slants on the interception that ended up happening. And Pat Fryermuth, he's running towards the the defensive leverage. So it makes it so easy for Grant Delpit to just say, hey, I'm passing this off to you. Let me go underneath and jump the route. And a lot of people might kill pick, pick it for it. I certainly did when I saw it live. But when you look at the film, you know, it's it's a poll that's, a, that's coached to be out quickly. And he has to get his eyes back around as quickly as possible. So obviously, you know, you, you got to get in a situation where that defender is, he can be able to get the defender out of the way via the play concept. But that's just not how it happened. <laughs> is that, uh, Stephen, we'll, we'll toss it over to you here. You obviously, you know, Nick did the film dive. We've done the analytics of Matt Canada's terrible quotes. Your thoughts on the quote, your thoughts on, how Nick broke down that interception. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, Matt Canada is used to this. Like this is, this is three years in a row, right? This is, this is right up his alley. Um, not directly answering questions, not like, and I get it, you know, like you can't really respond to booze in a way like Mike Tomlin, I think has always has the best answer about like when we get booed, it's an indictment of ourselves. It's not an indictment of anyone else. Um, People don't boo for no reason. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this this whole team is really – they got coached up on how to deflect from from the booing and just pretend like they – there must be some kind of force field over the field at Acrisure Stadium because apparently no one except for Mike Tomlin can hear when a team – In the press box. In the, yeah. in the box. Canada's yeah. in the box. He was 14 feet from me. I heard it loud and clear. Like, well, yeah. I couldn't yeah. hear the person next to me. That's how loud I heard it. Yeah. So, like, apparently only one person who's on the field or in the press box at Axtra Stadium is able to hear what the fans are actually saying, um, which is pretty incredible. 
but yeah, he's, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't know what he's supposed to say, you know, other than, yeah, I heard him. It sucks. Um, we've got to turn this around and I don't want to, you know, let our fans down. Um, so like, I, I don't know, I guess I don't put so much stock into his answer. Um, but yeah. like, like Nick said on that, uh, about that interception like I felt like Delpit was in a position to cover two receivers like he was covering the guy he was covering wasn't the one that that ball was intended for and it was it was three slants that were all run to the same area of the field and I feel like that's something you see a lot with Matt Canada is receiver routes that are run in ways that don't actually create space for anyone they don't create easy throws they don't create lanes it's forces Kenny to make a really difficult throw, make really difficult decision really quickly. It, it does not make things easy on him. And that's not to excuse Kenny for making a bad decision or throwing a bad ball. But I feel like he was, he was also put in a pretty bad spot, especially on that play that you were talking about, Nick. So yeah. uh, Nick, let me ask you this then. Is this, is this all on can Like, is this a candidate thing? Is this uh cause the, just like you said, the offensive line been very underwhelming. Kenny Pickett stinks right now. But is it are there things that everybody wants to compare to other offensive coordinators? You know what I mean? If this was a Kyle Shanahan offense, Kenny Pickett wouldn't have to be this stressed out. You know what I mean? There'd be run block concepts that do this and this. And if it was whoever, is that a justifiable defense for why it's Matt Canada's fault? Or is we putting too much blame in one spot? I think it's the fact that it's year three and we're still making these terrible mistakes. Like we're still asking Mason Cole to block on block a three technique on wide zone going yeah. laterally and i'm just i i just i'm miffed by what they're asking him to do but also just the protection breakdowns is is another aspect and then you just look at the intermediate side of the field when your best play calls is when i'm having to i'm having to talk up a mesh concept um when they free up calvin austin on you know, for a play that should have gone for quite a bit, but Kenny ended up, um, yeah, under throwing much him by mustard. 20 yards. Oh no, no, no. Different. Yeah. yeah over it was, it was behind him. He ended up throwing it too hard was what happened. We'll get to yeah. Kenny in a little bit, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but Canada as a whole, he is the, he is the biggest problem right now with this offense. There's one of the problems I, I ended up sh seeing when the Steelers were calling some of those concepts is it could have just benefited more from running it under center and being able to run play action. And Canada apparently had the absolute worst answer to about, about play action concepts. And oh, yeah. I, I could not believe it at the time because he's talking about how play action gets better as the game goes on. It's that's a myth that that's, that's not actually true. The analytics will tell you this and often just having the threat of the run brings those linebackers up. And we saw in that game, the linebackers were playing so far up, especially when the Steelers were going to run because they have obvious tells that I even, even I'm not that privy to overall, but you know, they, they have those tells and they need to just be able to one, take advantage of what their show of what's happening in that situation yeah. And also just be able to like run more under center play action drop back game because part of the issue is they're running these concepts in the middle of the field and these linebackers are just they're they have so much depth that there's almost no shot of the throw being completed. Nick, would you be willing to flesh that out a little bit more about uh you know play action doesn't get better 
as the game goes on just for you know layman like me you know like could you could you explain that a little bit further so essentially the threat of the run itself is enough to have the linebackers come up and if you're running from under center a lot of times you know you can set, you can plate you can you can get your shoulder you can sell the run fake really well with the uh, ability to just you know with the quarterback but in general you know running the ball obviously would be more effective for you know in theory for play action but it's the threat itself that it presents that will allow the allow play action to do its job and the Steelers they have two good running backs that the Browns were afraid of those running backs yeah that's why they were just absolutely teeing off in in the box like they, they knew they had to stop those guys did you uh did you see the I want to say it was Warren Sapp maybe I'm getting that name wrong Warren Sharp I Warren believe. Sharp thank you uh who broke down the the Canada stuff did you watch that video what were your thoughts on that video I didn't watch the video but from what I saw it was a lot of stuff that we kind of already do yeah yeah like a lot of but, but the stats in it I think something was the Steelers like almost never run or always throw out a shotgun like yes. one almost 100% of the time um never run out of yeah. shotgun did i get that one right how, yes. where do you go from there like how do you like it, how much of that here's my question how much of that is just the fact that the offense is so bad right now that the that the amount of plays is very limited to come up with this stat and how much like if they just simply switch it how much does that positively impact defenses having less of an idea of what's going on so um to answer like your question about like i'm sorry i lost you for a second how how much does how simple is it or no no no. my first question was this when it's such a limited portion of plays you know what i'm saying saying the steelers uh, i mean what do they average like three plays a drive you know it's a very it's a very small sample size how much does that impact those stats to say like okay maybe we should just take a breather before we start really diving into that stuff and if they do switch it how like you know is that just like an easy fix to just say like oh okay well now it's fine everything's good i, I think when this has been happening for three straight years under canada it starts to become pretty obvious who's at yeah. fault with, with this whole thing and that's it's just frustrating because you see the formation. It's like, oh, they're they're obviously going to run it here, and then they run it, and then you, they they're in shotgun. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, no, this is a clear pass, pass clear as can day. Can you see? Uh, can you see end arounds when you're watching a game? Do you know when they're going to do an end around? Uh, not quite. Jet I'm, sweep. I, I'm I'm not too privy to that. I think what happened there was the linebacker was able to he was able to avoid the tackle who was coming up, and that's why he was able to get in the backfield so quickly. All right, I want to talk. It's more so the situational play call was just that stupid because they were running the ball <laughs> that effectively. What about the third and one? What about the third and one? The the hand the the play obviously Kenny everybody knows the play the third and one. Do you think that was an option? I thought it was an option. If Matt Canada would not answer what the play was. I thought it was an option, and if Kenny hands that ball off, it's first down. But maybe I'm wrong. I think that works better when you're actually closer to the red zone as opposed to doing this on third and one because they were teeing off on on the on both sides of the ball. Not just that, it was very key 
for Allen Robinson to make a like a like one of the clear blocks, like like he yes. had one of the key key blocks that he had to make. Which, by the way, why are we not running to George Pickens' side when he's the best blocking receiver on the team? Yeah, Just... we're putting Miles Boykin out there. Miles Boykin's a great run blocker. Like, what yeah, are we? Yeah. Yeah, my, I mean, I mean, Miles Boykin can run block too. I just, I don't, I don't really understand what's going on with that whole i, the whole idea. I just, I mean, Pickens clear, gets a lot of physicality in the run game. He's able to move guys. He's he's faster moving laterally. That's something like that was a really hard block for Allen Robinson to be able to make. And you know, Darnell Washington obviously he did the best he could on his block. They, those two players were the most responsible to make that play happen. But that's who you want on third and short in a very yeah. crucial moment when you're. Yeah, I I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily as angry about that play call as most people, but I when when you have so many frustrations over the Steelers play calling as a whole, you start to get annoyed at them outsmarting themselves. <laughs> Let's talk Kenny Pickett. You wrote a story this week about Kenny possibly having the yips. Some concerns there. Obviously, people are, and I'm one of them, skeptical about where Kenny Pickett sits and the future of Kenny Pickett and whether or not he's going to be a franchise quarterback the Pittsburgh Steelers. Before I ask you whether or not he could be fixed, I want to know what about his film did you watch and say, oh, yeah, no, this guy, uh, this guy's losing, losing his juice right now. So... You know, we've seen kickers have the yips before, and then they kind of yes. just forget how to kick. What I'm noticing with Kenny Pickett is he is missing some. It's not just like throws; it's also his eyes. He's being mm. very deliberate with his eyes. There was an instance when they were they were running double inside posts, which would have been a good quarters beater, and they had like an outside breaking route from Pickens on the backside. So yes, I know the Pick exact play actually. Pickett literally he brings his eyes towards the double post. He can literally see like pre-snap and post-snap that this the middle of the field safety is still there. And for those who don't know at home, middle of the field usually means or middle field safety usually means the middle of the field is closed. Like mm -hmm. one high safety is usually a pretty obvious tell. So he should be coming off that and trying to hit George Pickens. Instead, what happens is pressure comes. And then this is where Kenny's bad habits from college come from, where he tries to fight or flight, and he always and he tends to choose the flight mode. So he goes out, tries to go outside the pocket, and then he invites more pressure and ends up sacking himself, as opposed to climbing, where he had a clear lane up the A gap. Those that's like college traits that showed up that we want to see, you know, fix. But the stuff with his eyes not being able to read a very simple like the thing about the Browns is they were not they were not disguising anything aside from like some of their blitzes and most of the time the Steelers had answers for those it's when they were just running single high man coverage and then they were just not they weren't Kenny was just not understanding or reading the coverage he was just being very deliberate and Matt Canada said that Kenny can audible out of plays but I'm personally concerned how he didn't see that look and not be able to audible out. Not just that, like he's, he's something that I noticed in the off season was he got bigger and he's worked with his quarterback coach for quite a while. So obviously, you know, he definitely did a good job of trying to bulk him up, but in, in terms of like, you know, balancing it out with his mechanics, 
and it looked good in the preseason. Right now, he is trying to strong arm throw like almost ev- almost every pass. Like he's putting he's putting way too much mustard on a lot of these throws, and that's why he's losing his his placement and his accuracy. Saw it on the Calvin Austin play where he was like wide open. Yes, on the short crosser, he threw it behind him. That ball was coming in with like way more velocity than it should have. He has an easy ball, and it might not have mattered what the placement was. You know, just allowing your guys to be able to catch the ball and run. You have to be able to balance both touch and that ability to put velocity on the ball. And Kenny is, right now, he is, because this, the game is so fast, and because, like, you know, we're not in preseason anymore, He's overthinking it a lot right now, and it's carrying over with his mechanics, and then his habits are coming in as well. It's just stuff that is compounding more and more, and then you get into the issues with Canada's play calling and, you know, where his eyes sh- where his eyes could be, but you look at the concept on the other side, and it's like, okay, there's not really anywhere his eyes can take this guy out of the play. And you just kind of just throw up your your hands in the air, and you're just you just don't know what to think. Like it's yeah. it's frustrating. <laughs> I agree, Nick or uh, Stephen. Thoughts? Kenny Zips. Yeah, I mean the I I think the Yips is it's a convenient, but also I think a pretty accurate way to describe this because these there are throws that he there are throws he's made, there are decisions that he's made during the preseason that you that led to a more efficient offense that allowed them to march down the field that made you think, Oh, Kenny looks real sharp. Kenny, Kenny has this offense kind of under his command and he, he can read it really well. Um, that has not been the case this year and it's somewhat inexplicable. Um, like it's just, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of of the belief that someone doesn't just become super inaccurate kind of out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of seems to be the case with Kenny. Um, so the yips is is not super helpful when you're trying to diagnose, okay, how does he get better? But I, I think it's a pretty good way to describe how he's gotten worse. Like he it, it's throws that we've seen him make, you know? Like this yeah. I, I feel like this isn't anything that he hasn't been able to do during his, you know, it's a short career, but a lot of these these concepts and these decisions have been things that I thought Kenny has done well in his career before. So it's just when you when you get to this year and he can't, you're just, you're scratching your head. Like, how did we, how did we get from, you know, for all of Kenny's inconsistencies, like I thought he was at the very least pretty accurate, like for most of last year, especially in the second half. So just getting to this point where he can't even make kind of the simplest of throws is, is a little concerning. Like I think about that 49ers game, the throwing that ball behind Deontay when that was a a walk-in touchdown. That was oh, yeah. that was the one where I was like, oh man, like something's off with this guy. Yeah, George had there was one to George in this game too. I know we brought up the Calvin one, which was bad, the Deontay one. There was one to George too, was after the touchdown. It looked like the same a much shorter slant, but it was yeah. a slant again, threw it at his feet. Oh, well that was that was as bad as uh that was as bad as it gets. That's a good point though. And I wanna I wanna toss this up to both of you guys. Do we take – does last year show anything? You know what I'm saying? Like last year, the second half, Kenny showed at bare minimum he could win football games. This year, like I, I don't know what everybody's confidence level is, but in myself, it's not high enough to say, well, if you 
put it in a two two minute drive, Kenny Pickett's probably going to go win you that football game. Do you can you use last year as an indication to say there are, everything it, it will be okay once the mental side of it's there, or do you have to toss last year out and say maybe it was a bit of a fluke? And I know we've used that that term way too many times in the last two weeks, but is that you know it was it just like ah oh, well it was a good run it doesn't last forever i'll i'll go first um i definitely don't think last year was a fluke with what he was doing um in the second half of the season like i said we have to remember he added a lot more you know he had a lot more velocity to his game and that's an aspect he is definitely trying to balance out and when when quarterbacks have these moments, you know, the biggest thing you have to know is that they have a short memory to be able to bounce back from these things. And mm-hmm. as much as I'm concerned about the yips that he has, I'm still seeing a guy who wants to learn from his mistakes. And, you know, there was a moment in the game. It was early in the game. He had a sail route open to George Pickens on the, uh, on the left side of the field. He mm-hmm. comes off of it. He ends up throwing a Gunnar Olszewski. We know what happens. Gunnar ends up fumbling. <laughs> the wildest and, two plays in football history. That's what. That's yeah. What. That that was a, that was a very wild play. And then like he has that concept a little later in the game, and he comes back. He drills it perfectly into George Pickens. Throws it inside, away from the left, underneath leverage, and it's just right on him. That is exactly what you want to see for a quarterback who is learning. And even on the slant miss to George Pickens, there was a moment earlier in the game where he came off the slant and he didn't and he didn't throw it. That time he came back, he threw it, he threw it out in front of him. Maybe he expected Pickens, like you know, to keep running forward. That I'm not too privy to, but you know, we we look at some of the signs, and I like to see a guy who has a short memory. So when you're still able to learn from your mistakes in that situation, I still have some some confidence that you can rediscover what made you work in the first place. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I think this year has been sort of a second welcome to the NFL moment for Kenny. Um, Mm -hmm. Like teams have film on him. They like know him. They know his tendencies and he's got to adjust around that um, now. I think walking into last year, he was a little bit of an unknown Teams weren't really preparing for him, um, you know, even later in the season. I, I think adjusting or learning about a guy in the middle of a season, um, especially when, quite honestly, so little was put on his plate last year is different from this year where they are certainly putting more on his plate. Like they are expecting him to do more for this offense. So I think he kind of has to – he's still in the process of learning how to manage this offense and manage expectations and – be the guy, uh, like, like make a lot of important decisions and things like that. So um, I, I think this is kind of a second welcome to the NFL moment. Like I said, like he has to adjust to adjustments. He has to adjust when people know what's coming. Um, and I don't think last year a ton of people knew what was, what was coming. I think adjusting during the season or, or learning about a guy during the season in the middle of, of a full, of a full NFL schedule is different from getting a, getting an off season to prepare for a guy and, and getting to learn him a little bit more in that way. So uh, then that there's one big question here. Like, can the Steelers fix it this season? Or do you have to just clean house with Matt Canada and fix your offensive line 
and then you take it from there. Or, you know, the the expectations coming to the season were Super Bowl or bust, playoff run or bust. Like that was, that's how high this team. I mean, Kenny said it himself. I said that on Wednesday and Monday, and here we are, two games in, and they win this week. Like they're still, especially what happens with Baltimore. Like they're in prime position to go into the bye week leaders of the AFC North. Like that's ridiculous for a team that we're sitting here talking about. They just won, but they're so incompetent that fans are starting petitions to get rid of their offensive coordinator. Like if you can it be fixed this season, like that's the, that's the easiest question there. Like if Kenny gets it, is everything fine? If Canada goes, is everything fine? Like, can it be fixed? I I'll go for, I think it can. Um, I think there are a lot of, like I said, when it when you can kind of chalk this up to yips or, or anything like that, I think the solutions are pretty obvious. Like it's, you know, I, I think Matt Canada withstanding because for as much as people don't like him and, and think he's kind of holding this team back, I think he is a – be very careful with my words here. Um, <laughs> he's capable of calling an offense that this team can win with, I think. And I think if – if Kenny's a little bit better, if they're able to run the ball, because I don't, I think we're, I think a lot of the conversations this week have kind of absolved the offensive line of not being very good at all. I get it. Yeah. That's a tough front that they're facing against Cleveland, but Isaac Ciamalo has not like been the guy, like been the guy that we expected, I think, or even been the guy that he was in the preseason. Like you, we talk about Kenny and, and, and other guys in the receiving core, not being who they were in the preseason. Isaac Ciamalo is another one of those guys. Um, like they, I think they need a lot more from him. Mason Cole's got to be a lot better. Um, you know, like there's, there's a lot of people that that this blame needs to be shifted on. Um, but I, I'm kind of of the belief that Matt Canada is capable of calling an offense that that can win them games, even if it's not, you know, win them games within the context of this team that has such a great defense and and can lean on that too. Like they, they can be capable. You know, um, I, I, I think that. You don't need wholesale changes to make this team work. Some knee-jerk reactions make <laughs> you look like you might uh, you might disagree there. Uh, by I... the way, the petition as we record this just surpassed fifteen hundred views. It is currently at one thousand five hundred and forty. <laughs> Original goal was two fifty. Two hundred and fifty signatures. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. But um, yeah, I might, I might sign that petition because uh, uh, let me tell you, when I look around the league and I have to watch all these innovative offenses like the the Los Angeles Rams, what Sean McVay does with whoever is playing, like what is it, Tutu Atwell, Fukunakua, um, yes. who was a stud at the Senior Bowl. Very yes, uh, yes. Every time True. somebody brings that name up, I'm like, oh, we knew, we we knew long ago. Yes, uh, stud. <laughs> Yeah, and, um, you know, those type of offenses. And then I look at what the Steelers are doing, and the only team equivalent to what they're doing is Luke Getze with the Bears. And that's not good because <laughs> Luke Getze has guys running curls into the same exact spot right now. Yeah. And Justin Fields is also struggling just as much as Kenny Pickett is with just the small nuances of the position. Like, he's just doesn't know what to think of this offense and I think Pickett has a little bit of that going on and maybe I'm just the one who wants to see it all blow up in the in Canada's face because I'm so tired of him getting away with it even last year I don't think it was a product of Canada just being a better play caller Mm -hmm. I thought it was just Kenny just being more comfortable 
And now that he's not comfortable and they're playing teams who are really good, like the Browns, who have a really strong defensive front, and then the 49ers, who are a Super Bowl contender, you come back to earth and you just realize, huh, so maybe that Super Bowl expectation out of the preseason wasn't quite so realistic. Maybe, you know, those moments where Kenny Pickett was throwing go balls on third on third down in the preseason wasn't a real good indicator that this was an offense that was going to work. Yeah, but, it's very true. Yeah, it's very true. The, uh, uh, the, the way I look at it right now currently is that I don't know if you could fix it. I think you could get to a point where you could rely on the defense enough but I don't think that that wins you Super Bowls, especially against teams like the Buffalo De- Bills, who look really good. Defenses but, can't win you Super Bowls? Defenses win championships, but you got to be able to. Like, you can't. The run defense certainly isn't at that point where they can carry this oh, yeah. team right now. And, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying this is Super Bowl, but I think you can. I, I think the idea that you can't, that you can't I think lean you have on to a be defense able to, to win a Super something. Bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you can't you can't score twelve points. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. you could defense will win you a championship. The rule of thumb I, I've always heard in the NFL is if you could score twenty if you could score more than twenty points, you can expect to win. You know? Not that's not every game, but you should have the understanding that a good defense should be able to hold a team under twenty points. The Steelers, I mean the Steelers have scored twenty points under Matt Canada nine times. That's <laughs> uh, out of 38 games. That's as bad as it gets. Um, and I just don't think, I don't think that they could do that right now. I don't know how you fix it. I, I kind of sit there with Matt Canada and go, I don't have an answer because I think you're the problem. But I also think that the offensive line is the problem, and they've ignored the offensive line for way too long. Like Isaac Siumalu, great addition. I think like a really good addition. But what did you like? You should have fixed Mason Cole. Because, I mean, I thought Mason Cole looked a lot better last season than he did this season. Dan Moore Jr., I thought, looked way better in the preseason and way better in training camp than he has the last two weeks of the season. Chooks, you're kind of tied into, unfortunately, for this season. But you should have had options. And you didn't have options. You kind of just let it rock. Kenny, I'm very hit or miss on Kenny. I don't know how to feel about him right now. I think that he gets away with way too much in the eyes of fans because people are so hung up on wanting to fire Matt Canada that they are just blatantly ignoring that Kenny Pickett stinks right now. I don't know where, I don't know how you fix it. I think it's definitely fixable. I don't know if, you know, Mike Sullivan taking over the play calls is, is the right answer there, but I think it's, uh, I think it's, do you remember it? Is it Nick, do you remember this one? I, I don't know if you would Steven, but, you remember? Uh, do you remember Mike Sullivan calling plays for the, the Giants or no? No, I don't actually. When did he was do he, that? It was right after the Super Bowl team. I want to say he he didn't. He was their quarterbacks. He was on the Super Bowl team. I'm pretty sure. Was with it the Giants? The, was it the first Super Bowl team or was it the uh, was it the 2011 one? Um. Don't recall either of these events. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. That's... Nick, for you, since, since you don't know this one, uh, he, uh, Steven, Steven's a Patriots fan. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Disgusting. Cursed, uh, um, lived a cursed life. Can't look at him <sighs> the same now. Yeah, terrible. So he was the offensive coordinator of the Giants in 2016, 2017. He was their quarterback coach in 2015, but he was also their quarterback coach in 2011 and their wide receivers coach from 2004 to 2009. So he's part of both of them. 
But from what I what I've heard, his run as an offensive coordinator with the Giants wasn't that great. So I just don't. I don't like. I think that's the biggest thing here is like, how do you how do you replace Canada? I just don't. Well, I don't yeah, know how to do that. Yeah, and the other thing is like, oh, you make a change midseason. Like, is Mike Sullivan going to be able to completely revamp the offense in the middle? Like, if you do it at does a does it bye need week, to be like, revamped? I think that's a good question, Nick. Do you know if it? We well, I mean, start, I th- does it need to be revamped or does it just need to be better play calls? If that's where you're going with that. Well, but I, I mean, mean, I'll let uh, Nick. I'll just say like, it's if you're making a change midseason, I think. You're acknowledging that it needs to be revamped. Okay. Go ahead, Nick. I I agree, Stephen. Like you're basically just trying to say like it needs to, because a lot of the problems with this offense, it looks broken. It there's a yeah. lot of guys who are not playing up to standards. Even guys like James Daniels, like Isaac Samalu, a lot of what's happening, I don't think, is a product of them being bad players. It's a product of the offense not knowing what the heck it's doing at all. <laughs> like it's True. just. It's really frustrating because when good players are playing bad and bad players are playing even worse and compounding mistakes like when on the on bad play calls even more, it's hard to look at anyone else than the play caller themselves right now because mm-hmm. they they not only tell them how the offense works, they tell you where you need to be, how this play works, etc. and nothing's working right now i was gonna say canada doesn't even know what the problem is so how is he gonna tell you how to fix it when he doesn't even know exactly (laughs) he doesn't even know what the issue is all right we dive we dove into canada Uh, you know at some point he's probably gonna hear this and he's gonna hate us a little bit more but it is what it is dove into kenny and the yips let's turn attention over to the las vegas raiders they head the steelers head to allegiant stadium sunday night second primetime game in a row Jimmy Garoppolo's looked anything but good. That Raiders team has looked anything but good the last two weeks. You guys look at this game. Nick, we'll start with you. Your keys to victory against uh, tar- the Raiders. Target the outside corners of the of the uh, of the Lo- Oakland <laughs> Las the Vegas Raiders. Ra- Las Vegas Raiders because Marcus Peters does not does not have the speed to be able to keep up with either George Pickens nor Calvin Austin. And Jacorian Bennett, he's a rookie. He gets very handsy. You get you isolate a guy like Pickens on him, you can get very, very good matchups. Like it's you want to avoid a little bit actually of the middle of the field. Maybe like when you isolate Robert Spillane on like Pat Fryermuth in that situation, but they they might use Divine Diablo in the, in that in that in that situation because he's been a lot better for them. Also protection, like just keep pick it upright, keep him from making those bad decisions with his legs. Like that's the main aspect to getting Kenny Pickett back on track, protect him and he won't get so jittery and he Mm -hmm. won't panic when those, when things aren't going necessarily according to plan. I like it. Steven run the ball, Um, (laughs) run the ball, take some, take some heat off of Kenny, man. Like I, I get it. Like this offense has, has its flaws. I think you can rectify a lot of them by just, Run the ball effectively. Like I said, this off like I, I alluded to the offensive line not really playing up to snuff. Um, they've got to be better. Um, let's feed Jalen Warren. Let's let's get Najee involved to to kind of finish off some drives. Like th- they should be able to run the ball. And I think I said at the beginning of the year, like this team's gonna be at its best. It's built around running the ball effectively. Let's get back to that. Um, you didn't get to show it against the 49ers because you went down so quickly, but 
there was really a missed opportunity, I think, to to run the ball uh, effectively and, and keep that game under control with uh, against the Cleveland Browns. So this is a much easier task. Uh, this is a, an easier team to do it against, I think. Um, but run the ball. Take some stuff off Kenny's plate. Make this game a little simpler for you. Yep, I like it. I'm going to expand on that one. My key to victory here is switch up the running game, man. Jay, this is Jalen Warren hour. That's and it should remain Jalen Warren hour. You want to know what an offense needs when it lacks a spark? A spark, man. That's all they need. And nobody in Pittsburgh has offered a larger spark to this offense consistently than Jalen Warren. The guy could catch the ball. That George Pickens touchdown. I, I give a ton of credit to Jalen Warren for for clogging up at least four defenders. When and I, you know, maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't think Najee Harris would have done the same thing there. I think you let Jalen Warren cook, whether that's in the passing game, whether that's in the running game, I don't know. You let Jalen Warren cook, you use Najee Harris as that short yardage running back, be a ground and pound football team, just like you said. But you got to find something to get this offense moving to keep yourself on the football field. Jalen Warren is that answer continue to to hand him the rock and I think good things happen and I just think that when you're a team that's struggling like this you gotta you just gotta lean on what's working nothing's working more than Jalen Warren right now except for George Pickens but you know you gotta rely on Kenny for that one I'm I'm sticking with uh with Jalen Warren as my key to victory let me add one quick one on the run game because I think what they need to do is just run more gap and power in this game and Look, the wide zone stuff, I understand oh, they want to make it a doing? thing. I know I know they want to make it a thing. And it is a big part of their offense. They got to stop doing the, they got to stop asking the impossible from Mason Cole. They need yes. to just let these guys beat them up front and pound the rock inside. It it'll just it will work so much better as opposed I just said play action. Take advantage yeah. of when the run game is working. <laughs> you know, you need to you need at least three quarters of football before you can run yeah. play action. Oh yeah, you're right. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pittsburgh Steelers, Las Vegas Raiders. Most important time of the week. We actually uh, we're one and one right now. I believe pretty close. Right. Um, Raiders two and a half point favorites at home on the road all i've been if you go to the youtube comments right now if you go to my twitter timeline right now all anybody's telling me is that this is a trap game i don't know how it could be a trap game when you stink i just don't know how i didn't think yeah, those things to, happen do you have yeah, to you, win to make a trap game yeah, <laughs> you have to be the bad you have to be the good team right to, to fall into a trap game that just doesn't make any sense here either way the raiders two and a half point favorites at home pittsburgh steelers traveling another primetime game we got a we got a score prediction. Steven, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, I think this one actually gets to be pretty high scoring. Um, I think the how many yeah, touchdowns does T.J. Watt and Alex Heisman score? Yeah, eight. Um, they uh, <laughs> no, but I I think I don't I'm not a believer in the Raiders on defense. I think the Steelers will have opportunities to score. Um, and they'll take advantage. Uh, I'm gonna go 27-24 Steelers. 27-24. Was that your last score? What was it? Your no, last my my last close. score was 23-16, I think. Yeah, that was it. That it was, was it. pretty close. Right. Nick, two and a half point dogs on the road. What you feeling? I'm going to say the Steelers win 21-13 to uh, 13 because I think their defense will have a great opportunity to capitalize on Jimmy Garoppolo's tendencies. And as much as I harp on the Steelers not being able to sustain – 
wins by getting 14 points off turnovers i think they can at least get seven points off turnovers maybe (laughs) from from jimmy garoppolo and what he and you know his tendencies especially in the quick game because i don't think he's i think what the steelers could do is they can tee off on this quick game and they can just force him to throw it downfield and i don't think he's gonna do it because he doesn't typically do it and he's typically not accurate when that happens yeah, so yeah about 14 points from the offense seven from the defense we'll we'll take we'll, we'll we'll take what we can get <laughs> do you have a do you have a prediction on who or what position group ends up with that score right there that defensive um score? i'm gonna actually say cole holcomb because i think he's cole holcomb i like that one whoa Okay. Uh, interception or fumble recovery? Fumble recovery. Oh, okay. I like Catch that. Catch that, yeah. that bet now. <laughs> Don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> do it. Do it. We advise poor gambling all the time here. On all Steelers talk. 100% go do it. I'm going Pittsburgh as well. Oh, man. This is so- 21-13 sounded like a really good score. I'm going to do a little bit more than that. I think that the Steelers defense just manhandles the, the Raiders. I just don't think it's... It's going to be close. I have no faith in Josh Jacobs right now. Devontae Adams is still Devontae Adams, but he's he's going to miss the game, right? Or he's, he no, could he possibly miss the game. I don't know. He's he's working through a concussion, I believe. I haven't been following it enough to to understand. I'm going to go I'm going to go 20 I'm going to go 20 to 10 Steelers. A win that you still don't feel super good about, but you feel good enough with. I don't know if I have the balls to say that the Steelers are going to score another defensive touchdown, but we'll say that I am going to I'm going to follow the poor gambling advice and I might put some couple bucks down on them anytime touchdown just to see what uh, just to see what happens. But I'm going to go 2010. I think Steelers go two and one. Then they head to Houston. Things are looking on the up and up. We'll see what happens with Baltimore and then uh, and then we'll take them from there. With that said, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of all Steelers talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. Check out all mine, Stevens, and Nick's work at allsteelers.com and our pit coverage at insidethepanthers.com. Nick, uh, give a little plug to your uh, Twitter account so everybody can find your film breakdowns at all times. So I post under the handle um, at the McNartin, M-I-C-K-N-A-R-T-I-N. And um, I usually post about draft prospects. I, I talk a lot about you know other teams and their schemes and stuff like that so it's a great time and if you have any questions just ask nicely and i'll be sure to answer them (laughs) i love it i love it all right make sure you follow uh the mick narton the best twitter handle i think i've i've seen on uh on twitter on x whatever you want to call it we're heading out of here have another beautiful day in the berg peace